Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Snoop bought the record label that started his career. I, I know what you're thinking. That's a weird way to start a show. Since when does Tony start with Snoop Dogg? Well, I got reasons, people. I wouldn't let you down. Please, when have I ever? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. That is the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Snoop bought Death Row Records. It's Death Row Records that has launched a lot of careers. Snoop's only 50. I thought Snoop was older, to be honest. Founded in 92, you're talking about Dr. Dre, Suge Knight. This after uh, the breakup of NWA, which is not something I can explain to you what means on radio. And then it was... uh, couple of this and that owned by a owned by a uh, private equity firm and then he bought it I think it's interesting because I don't think the label business is what it used to be people you know launch their careers on YouTube never forget that Justin Bieber is famous not because of the label it's because of the videos that he that he put out that's how he got noticed but Snoop is in the news because of course we, we've got the big game. Am I allowed to say Super Bowl? Can I get a ruling on that? You just said it. We've got the big game coming this weekend. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Los Angeles Rams. We're going to break that down in just a minute. Snoop is part of the halftime show. And he's now getting sued a claim of sexual assault from a former dancer who says it happened at a TV studio she was panicked. She was terrified. It happened in a bathroom. He he broke his way in and forced her to uh, perform on him. That's the claim she's making. Described as a dancer, model, host, and actress. That's how. Um, that's how she's described. The story here is not that a woman is making an allegation. It is that the allegation comes out two days before Snoop is scheduled to perform with Dr. Dre and Eminem and Mary J. Blige and was it Kendrick Lamar uh, during the halftime show. There is such a thing called the court of public opinion and the court of public opinion, this this looks sketchy as can be. I start, the minute I saw it, the minute I saw it, the first thing I said is, whoa. And then I said, wait. And then I said, oh, whoa, that's an allegation. Wait, isn't Snoop part of the halftime show? Oh, I don't believe it. I immediately dismissed it. The court of public opinion, I think, is with me. Now, I know... You're supposed to uh, b- believe every woman and, and, and anything else they said about Brett Kavanaugh and they don't say about Democrats. I get that. I've never been that guy. She's allowed to make her case. She's allowed to engage in litigation if she can prove her case to some level. Solid. Like, for example, maybe she would at least know the name of the studio or the address. 
Christine Blasey Ford didn't know the house or the address of the house. The people she said that were in the house where she was supposedly sexually assaulted by a teenage Brett Kavanaugh say they were never there and no party happened at that time. So maybe uh, this person will be able to at least explain themselves. I'm not saying by any stretch that Snoop is an innocent man. Not even going close to it. What I'm saying is when you announce a lawsuit, two days before a guy is scheduled to go on stage on one of the, the, the biggest stage in sports, because you know it's going to get you attention, I do not believe you. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I don't think I'm alone in the idea that these things, these things are serious things. Making an accusation is a serious thing. And it can't be easy. I don't say that it isn't easy. I don't say that it is easy. I'm saying it isn't. I agree that it is not easy. To an extent which I have no way of really connecting. How could I? But don't you dare tell me that I can't notice the timing of a maneuver and ask questions about it. And based on the timing of the maneuver, I think it's cheap. I think it's low class. I think your lawyer did you a terrible job in presenting your case to a nation. And you immediately become not credible. I think you're making it up. Now, remember, I'm not the justice system. This is me, court of public opinion. That's who I am. Court of public opinion right here. So damaging that damages your cause. I I absolutely positively believe this uh, to be true. And people can agree or disagree. What I know for sure is none of this will make me or not make me watch the halftime show. If it's on, I'll watch it. I will be watching the game, though. I will absolutely be watching the game. And that's the first time I could say that in a long time. Because I think the NFL has done a great job with the games. The games have been excellent. And I haven't been lectured to, which I always like. If I get lectured to, that's a problem. Now, there's another problem. Let's talk about what the NFL does about this allegation. You have a guy who is being who's being charged. You have a guy who is who you have this woman making this claim. Does he still perform? Does he still perform? Yes or no? I'm just a man with many 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 questions. You're going to take a guy who's being charged with sexual assault and you're going to put him on stage at the family-friendly Super Bowl. This was done to cause damage. That's why it was announced now. But it's got to cause some damage. He he performs or he doesn't perform. You might be damned if you do, damned if you don't. We won't know until Sunday whether it's going to happen. Meanwhile, Super Bowl's happening. I want to break it down. 
I do. Oh, and I've got the Canadian truckers. There's a lot to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. My friends, one of the great things about living in Canada is our right to free speech. The right to choose our government by voting for leaders that best represent us. The right to peacefully protest when we disagree with what our government is doing. But like all rights, these are not without reasonable limits. Our economy in Ontario is built on trade, especially with our partners in the United States. The Ambassador Bridge in Windsor alone sees more than $700 million of two-way trade every single day. Oh, yes, it does. And right now it's being blocked by the truckers who don't want to get vaccinated, don't want mandates, are saying enough. And I got to tell you, I, I don't like the idea of blocking the bridge. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I don't. I don't. I don't like the idea of blocking traffic. You've heard me say it a million times. You block traffic, expect to get run over. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Of course, they don't like it. I get it. Black Lives Matter got away with blocking traffic here, there, and everywhere. You know what we were told? Oh, important protest. These Canadian truckers, along with others, are saying we have the right to our body and you don't get to inject us with anything. And they're being told that they're, they're villains, that they're insurrectionists. You've got CNN. Oh, my. Oh, it's an incredible story. Follow me on this one. You got a CNNer, total authoritarian. This is, uh, oh, what, 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 I forget her name. That's it. Uh, Julia Kayyem, K-A-Y-Y-E-M. The convoy protest applauded by right-wing media as a freedom protest is an economic and security issue now. The Ambassador Bridge link constitutes 28% of annual trade movement between the U.S. and Canada. Slash the tires, empty gas tanks, arrest the drivers, and move the trucks. Well, that's pretty violent. Then again, I believe that you should move the Black Lives Matter protesters who block the streets with bulldozers. So I guess we're, we're, we're all in this together. Slash the tires? It's a big rig. I'm pretty sure you get a pretty loud boom if you slash the tires. And if you want to move the trucks, why are you slashing the tires? I mean, it's like you didn't think about anything. You proudly didn't think of a dang thing. Arrest the drivers. Well, yeah, I think they're going to get arrested. Where were you to arrest all the Black Lives Matter protesters? You see, when I say I don't like the blocking of, of, of the bridge, you shouldn't block the bridge. People are trying to get to work. People are trying to go from point A to point B. I don't think the truckers have any right to stop them. Any right whatsoever. But I at least can talk on, on, on solid ground because I have this consistent flow of the, of the difference between right and wrong. Not CNN. They use freedom protest in quotes. It's not in quotes. It is what it is. Capital letters, bold, 
underlined freedom protest. Damn straight. It's exactly what it is. I don't like blocking the bridge. Everything else I'm down for. This is, is this the, uh, the, what do they call him, this guy, Ford? Uh, He's the premier, Doug Ford. He's the premier in, in Ontario. He's got his own. Uh, level of of weirdness. That trade employs hundreds of thousands of Ontarians who work in auto plants and factories across our great province. Those jobs feed millions of families. They are the lifeline for our province and its economy. And while I appreciate the right to protest, that right cannot and must not extend to cutting off that lifeline. We're now two weeks into the siege of the city of Ottawa. I call it a siege because that's what it is. It's an illegal occupation. This is no longer a protest. With a protest, you peacefully make your point and you go back home. And I know that the vast majority of the people did that. They came, they peacefully demonstrated they made their point, and they left. And I want to say to those people, you've been heard loud and clear. Are you sure they've been heard loud and clear? Because they don't think they've been heard loud and clear. And while you're saying that this is the way you protest, that's not the way it was done in the United States of America, sir. Maybe that's the Canadian way. But according to people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez, you got to make people uncomfortable. You see, a protest is to make people uncomfortable. That's how it works. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't blame me. Don't look at me like that, everybody. How dare you? I'm talking about Representative Ocasio-Cortez. And that woman knows everything there is to know about how to protest and how to be decent. You are are protesting for something she likes, and you're there blocking traffic and making people uncomfortable and threatening people, and she's cool with that. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. But if you uh, should think that, that you shouldn't be forced by your government... Uh, to get a vaccine? Well, then she's angry. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 O-M-G. Are you kidding me right now? She, oh, she gets super angry. Don't be surprised when we notice how much they lie about the things that they talk about. They don't believe in making people uncomfortable. Wait, take that back. They don't believe in making their people uncomfortable. They just want to make you uncomfortable. If you can't get to work, if you can't get to a hospital, if you can't get to your to your meemaw, that's fine. But if she should be disrupted for five minutes, well, then, of course, it's racist and it's bigoted and it's misogynist and your mother and whatever else she's going to say. Back uh, to uh, Mr. Ford. Kanda has heard you. My message to those still in Ottawa... To those at our border crossings, please go home. To those of you who have brought your children, please take them home. I urge you, it's time to leave. And it's time to do so peacefully. But to the very small groups who have chosen to take a different path, to those who have chosen to take a city of one million people hostage for the past two weeks, to those who've attempted to disrupt our way of life by targeting our lifeline, 
for food, fuel, and goods across our borders, to those trying to force a political agenda through disruption, intimidation, and chaos. My message to you is this. Your right to make a political statement does not outweigh the right of hundreds of thousands of workers to earn their living. So funny, if, if, if an American politician, Republican, had said this to Black Lives Matter, the screams of racist, oh, you could just, you could just hear it. You could, oh, it's all over, just, just a wash in it. Look, I, I, I get his point, right? He's, he's got himself a, a, a pretty uh, rough and tumble situation uh, to, to be in there. Doug Ford, the uh, premier of, of Ontario. And he's got to stand up for his people. And he's got to move those trucks out of the way. And also by any means necessary. Because that's exactly what we would be saying. If it was Black Lives Matter blocking a bridge anywhere, that's what we would be saying. Just, uh, you, you, you know I'm right. The bridge has got to get cleared off. Just has to. So if you want to tell me that somehow I'm being weak or somehow you're, uh, I, I don't understand, uh, not weak and I understand, I just got to tell you, I have a unique, or, or I shouldn't say unique, I have a definitive train of thought here. What I won't listen to is President Biden who recommends to uh, Justin Trudeau that he uh, utilize federal forces to get these people gone. Joe Biden never cared about what Black Lives Matter did to Minneapolis, Seattle, uh, Portland, or Indianapolis. Didn't care. Did not care. Does not care to this day. And now to hear him say, well, you got to do something about this, when nothing was done about the horror shows that took place, we had entire city blocks taken over as what were known as Chaz Chops, right? These autonomous zones. And nothing from the Progressive Party. Now they're going to talk about Canada. It's, it's just, it's embarrassing. It really is. So there is this story that's being broken by two Democratic senators about the CIA and bulk collection of intelligence of American citizens. Michael Walsh. The author of Fiery Angels and Last Stands, Why uh, Men Fight When All Is Lost. He's got some insight in this. He's going to break it down. What happens when we lose faith in the institutions? Honestly, how does a nation survive? Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So the story goes that Senator Ron Wyden, the Democrat from Oregon, and Senator Martin Heinrich, Democrat from New Mexico, they're both members of the Senate Intelligence Committee. They want transparency from the CIA. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Always a pleasure. Everything at TonyKatz.com. Follow me on Instagram at TonyKatz as well. More good things happening over there. And Rumble.com slash TonyKatz for the videos for the Morning Rumble, my daily video series. Check it out, Rumble.com slash TonyKatz. 
transparency they want about a bulk surveillance conducted by the CIA. So documents got released that revealed that bulk's secret bulk collection program and problems with how the agency searches and handles Americans' information, meaning the CIA is spying on you, me, and we. Now, I don't think this is necessarily a surprise for anyone. I don't think that there's long term, there, there's ever been a, a massive amount of faith in, in the CIA. But when I have Democratic senators saying, whoa, 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 what is this? What are these programs that you're running? It leads to loss of faith in institutions. So you ask the question, I ask the question, what happens when there's a loss of faith in the institutions? And what if the loss of faith is in many ways purposeful? One of the people who focuses on this, writes about this, has been sharing these conversations is Michael Walsh. He's the author of Last Stands, Why Men Fight When All is Lost. You can find it at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. He is also the author of The Devil's Pleasure Palace, The Cult of Critical Theory, and The Subversion of the West. Uh, so really, it's it's a two-part conversation or a two-part question I've got here, Michael. First of all, uh, when you hear about bulk surveillance from the CIA, are you surprised? And can I want you to start getting into the idea that uh, the 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 subversion part here, the, the lack of faith in the institutions is purposeful from people who want to see America fail? Uh, wow, this is a pretty complex topic, Tony, but thank you for having me on to talk about it here. Uh, I'm just getting up to speed like a lot of the country is uh, on the specifics, <clears throat> which is the letter from Senators Wyden and Heinrich, which, according to the Washington Post and the AP, was written sometime around April of 2021, so almost a year ago, uh, in which they've raised these concerns. Uh, there's multi-parts to this question. Your, your question about the faith of the institutions is is actually the least important of them, in, in my opinion, in terms of what the intelligence deep state is doing to the United States. Uh, it's very clear that uh, the line between domestic and foreign intelligence has been blurred in the United States by some of the intelligence agencies who are strictly forbidden by law to operate within the United States. And those would include the National Security Agency, which is taping our phone call even as we speak. It gets caught up in something that used to be called the Black Widow, which is a giant supercomputer at NSA that monitors all traffic of everybody everywhere forever, uh, and uh, get caught up by the CIA as far as its foreign surveillance uh, intelligence programs are concerned. So it's almost inevitable that private conversations of Americans would be swept up, even if it's only just metadata. Are you calling someone in Saudi Arabia, for example, three times a day during a period uh, afterwards, perhaps there's some kind of terrorist incident? It has some legitimate uses, but the agency itself has been so rogue for such a long time. Uh, you're old enough to remember some of our audience, the geezers like me, are old enough to remember the the church committee hearings uh, back in the 70s, which exposed a lot of the CIA operations uh, within the United States and dirty tricks elsewhere. So we've got a problem. And 
let me just say that this has been greatly exacerbated by something that Tony, uh, you and I know uh, as, as men on the right, uh, is also a concern of men on the left, such as Glenn Greenwald, which is the growth of the security state post 9-11, that after the attacks on the Pentagon and uh, in New York City, uh, the Bush administration completely panicked and erected a whole new layer of intel on top of the incompetent layers we had already had, which allowed, of course, this event to happen. And by that, I mean, naturally, the CIA. So they put a new level over it, the director of national intelligence. All this is done, as any bureaucracy will do, is metastasized. So right now, every American should understand, and I know I sound a little bit like Ed, Edward Snowden here, but Snowden was right, is under surveillance. No matter what, everyone is now a suspect until proven innocent. And so that's now let something me... that ought to worry us. So let me state something for, for for the record. I don't deny that what you're saying is important, and I certainly uh, don't think that my statement uh, is 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 less important. The the surveillance of Americans, the the absolute abuse of power, the purposeful wanton abuse of power, the desire to yeah. subjugate the citizenry. Of course, it's evil. Of course, it's horrible. Of course, I oppose it. Of course, that it, we, we have to address it and fix it. And there's a question, of course, of how you do that. Uh, and I assume that the answer is elections, but maybe there's another uh, answer. But when we take a look at some of your, your, your study, right, whether it's the Devil's uh, Pleasure Palace or it's the Fiery Angel, uh, which you can also right. find at Amazon.com, it is about schools of thought that look to destroy America from the inside? Why engage a war with this brute animal from the outside when you can get to the inside and destroy it from the inside out? That's where the right. lack of faith in institutions, I believe, comes from. And I know that's something that, that, that you do actually believe, so you may rank it lower than I do. That's, that's fine. I rank it as pretty dang important. Isn't that, though, the purpose when we've got a CIA, an FBI, a, a DOJ, the IRS, and other agencies that we simply don't have faith in? Yes. Yeah, I just I didn't mean to diminish your question. I wanted to get to it from its origin, which is the expansion of the surveillance state, uh, partly in the wake of 9-11, but certainly over the last half century or more. The, the institutions, as you know, on the right, uh, uh, many extreme People on the right think that uh, all of these institutions have been taken over by the left, which is, in fact, mostly true, that bureaucracy uh, perpetuates itself, and the best way to do it is to make it permanent. So we do have institutions that once served a purpose that have been weaponized uh, in many ways against us. Uh, just the other day, the Homeland Security Department, another useless accretion of the Bush administration, started saying things like, you know, people who complain about the government on Facebook, they're potential terrorists as well. Uh, my, my large, large concern is that everybody's a potential terrorist. And if you don't think that's true, try not taking your shoes and belts off the next time you fly a plane. Every single person in the United States is a suspect until proven not. Now, as for the institutional stuff, Tony, you and I obviously have talked about this many times over the long course of our friendship. And that is a very, very important point. If we don't have faith in our institutions, we don't have faith in our country. 
And the Soviets, may they rest in peace, but now that now that they're here, they are, they're out and proud again, uh, have been trying to undermine the foundations of our society ever since the Cold War really heated up in earnest after 1945. So they penetrated the black civil rights movement, for example, in the 1960s. They've always had agents inside the CIA, especially there, and uh, the FBI, which until relatively recently was not as politicized as, it, as it's now become. If you, if you uh, crush the belief of the citizenry, citizenry of this country in its own institutions, in the Capitol, in the, the White House, in all of our symbols of American independence and individualism and freedom, then you've beaten the United States without ever having to engage in a war with her. And, of course, this is what the Chinese now are up to full speed ahead. So this is a very, very great concern. This is the thing that brings down a republic. Talking to Michael Walsh, uh, the author. You can find his work at Amazon.com. Last Stands, his latest book, Why Men Fight When All is Lost. And I know there's a, a new collection of essays coming out. Do we have a, a published date on that? Yeah, we do. It's going to be October, uh, <clears throat> circa October right now. It's called Against the Great Reset, speaking of international uh, the movements that will diminish our freedom. Uh, that, of course, is the thing that's been promulgated by the World Economic Forum at Davos, Switzerland, led by Klaus Schwab, who does the best imitation of Laurence Olivier as Dr. Zell in Marathon Man you've ever heard, uh, outside of Dr. Strangelove, of course. Um, it, we've got uh, 16... <laughs> 16 of the best writers in the world uh, that we commissioned for specific essays about all the possible subtopics of this proposed Great Reset, with which you will not own anything, you will like it, you will not have an autonomous vehicle because you will go where they tell you to go or allow you to go. Uh, oh, and you'll eat, uh, you live in a high-rise building because it's cheaper and more cost-efficient, like a jail. And you'll eat bugs because bugs are a better source of protein than that big steak out there you Midwesterners love so much. You can forget about that. You'll be eating grasshoppers from from then on if these guys have their way. So we're we uh, are being published by Post Hill Press. Adam Bellow, the great uh, New York literary figure, is the will be the editor of this book. I edited all the essays myself, and Adam will pub- publish it. So that'll be October. I hope uh, perhaps earlier. Uh, this year. So that's what's coming out this year. Before I let you go, let's take a look at what's going on with Russia and and Ukraine and a little bit of understanding of history uh, in the region. There are unconfirmed reports right now that it is believed that Putin has made the decision to engage uh, an invasion, that it will happen next week. Of course, there are a couple things that uh, make this possible. You've got the actual physical uh, geography where the ground has to be kind of frozen in order for tanks to roll through. You would have a near ending of the Olympics. So you're not stepping on the toes of Xi Jinping and of China because they don't want that fight yet. Uh, But I I had this conversation with Congressman Jim Banks. Let me have it with you as somebody who has studied uh, certainly the region and has a a massive studying of of history. What's the Hmm. purpose? What is it that Putin is actually trying to do? Uh, It's very simple. Uh, As you know, I first encountered Putin in 1985, when he was a KGB officer in uh, East Germany, uh, I certainly heard all about him. And I was in country in uh, 1985 for various things. 
what he's trying to do is put together Mother Russia, not the old Soviet Union. He doesn't need the stands, and he doesn't need some of the outlying provinces. Uh, he doesn't need the, the Baltic states back, although he wouldn't mind taking them. But Ukraine has been a part of Russia psychologically and physically for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And whether we like it or not, it will be a part of Russia again. Uh, Putin's question is, do I actually use physical force to do it or not? Or does it fall into my lap? Remember, a city like Kiev is is part of the Russian national consciousness. Uh, if For those of you musically oriented, if you know the famous uh, Great Gates at Kiev by Mussorgsky, that celebrates Kiev. It has a very important psychological position in Russia. It's like us losing Texas to somebody after a war, maybe Mexico, but we've always thought, hey, you know, Texas is the Alamo. That's America. So we'd want to get it back. Well, that's what Putin is going to do. How he does it is up to him. He's playing a weak hand because Russia is very weak economically. But it can still mobilize an army, and the Ukrainians are in no position to stop it. So I don't think – I don't know whether he's going to physically attack or not. And he's running out of time because when it starts to get muddy, that's – the graveyard of, uh, as you know, National Socialist Germany and the Wehrmacht in World War II, uh, he'll he'll wait. But if he can just take it by intimidation, he'll be he'd rather do that. Remember, Russians are chess players. That's a very big distinction between us, who are poker players, and Russians. So yeah, but but this this on the board. This mounting of troops on the border, while well, I still have a minute, 100,000 troops, you've got troops yeah. in, in Belarus that could hit from the north. The, the, the U.S. argument in a neocon style would be, well, we need deterrence and we need a show of force because you got to call the bluff. The, the Biden administration, in your view, can call a bluff? No, the Biden administration can't call anybody's bluff, uh, except what kind of ice cream does the president want today? Uh, the neocons need to stand down on this one. They are going to lose. And if they push us into some kind of war with the remnants of the Soviet Union, we will all be very much the worst off. I am 100 percent against any military activity in this part of the world. I think it's a fool's errand and only someone who doesn't have the best interests of the United States at heart would advocate such a thing. Michael Walsh, uh, check out uh, the book. It is called Last Stands, Why Men Fight When All is Lost. You can find it at Amazon.com, uh, wherever fine books are sold. And one of these days, uh, uh, sometime soon, i got to get you to Indianapolis. We're going to do a book signing. We're going to do an event. We're going to smoke cigars, drink bourbon, and talk to people about the future of the future. Well, I can't wait for that day to come, Tony, so you know where i find me. Uh, yes, sir. This is happening. Just... I'll figure out the days. I'm doing it right now. Michael Walsh, always a pleasure. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.